Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Appella. I am your host, Brian Alexander. Man, it feels so good to be speaking to you all in the midst of all this chaos and uncertainty in the world right now. And, you know, I know a lot of groups are going through transitions and changes right now. And you know what? We're hoping for the best for all of you out there, all of our listeners, that you all are staying healthy and staying safe at this time. But, you know, the train keeps on rolling and we have another guest on our show today. And, you know, we're going to talk about some really cool acapella experiences from their point of view. So we have actually a returning guest for those who listen to our show uh, man, I think it was about a month or two ago at this point. We had a wonderful group out of Salt Lake City called Inversion, a group that I used to actually sing with. And uh, we have one of their members joining us, one of the founding members, a uh, close friend of mine. And uh, we'd like to welcome her to the show. Uh, we'd like to welcome none other than Alicia Edwards. Alicia, how are you doing? Brian, I'm so good. <laughs> how are you? How is, how is Texas treating you? Man, you know what? Texas is uh, it's still treating me pretty well. You know, I have no complaints complaints even in the midst of whatever life throws me i always i'm just like texas you know i wish you did because it would be so nice if you would move (laughs) back to utah Uh, I know. I know. I, I'm thinking about it. You know what? Every time you mention it, I'm always just like, oh, maybe I'm getting that much closer. Then I'm going to start texting you every single day and say, Brian, <laughs> move back to Utah. And then I'll start texting your wife, too. Well, oh, no. Or I'll, I'll message her on Facebook. Hey, Laura, time to move back. <laughs> <laughs> you know that she is definitely a fan of that. So you might be able to convince her. I do. I do remember that. Quicker than me. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, she started packing in the bags as soon as she got a text from you. So. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see how long we can kind of prevent that. <laughs> well, you are. You're going to see how long you prevent that. I, on the other hand, will see if I can help speed up that process. Oh, man. I, I knew that you would say something like that. You I just did. Knew it. You did. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Alicia, for coming on the show. You know, it was great having you on last time with the group. And now we have the chance to speak to you one-on-one. And so I'm really excited because I know I kind of have an idea about your background, but, you know, there's some questions I always feel like I've had about some of your experiences. And so I kind of want to dive into that. But before we even do all that, can you give our listeners who may not have heard the past episode with Inversion a a little bit of a background about, you know, what you've done, what you're currently doing right now in terms of acapella and, you know, just things that you'd like to share with us? Sure. Um, So Inversion Acapella started, I think it was in November of 2015. It is a post-collegiate acapella group based out of Salt Lake City, or at least the Salt Lake area. And Mm -hmm. it's really just, it started because there were a handful of people who were really interested in continuing acapella after college. And this one crazy guy posted on Craigslist. (gasps) And yeah, sketchy, (laughs) right? Oh, yeah, of course. Read it. And I, I don't know if he posted on KSL or not, which is local to Utah. But I responded to it because I was missing acapella. I had been out of the acapella scene for about a year and a half. And I really was interested in getting back into it. So I responded to the Craigslist ad. And the Craigslist poster was none other than you, Brian Alexander. What? Okay, you painted this entire picture of this really sketchy, shady kind of guy. And I'm like, it just sounds, he sounds really cool to me. And well, you know what? It was I, me. I mean, I got to tell you, my husband was like, Craigslist? I mean, that could be really <laughs> strange. And I said, okay, well. You know, he had reason to worry. Yeah. Right. I was like, I'll email the guy and we'll see 
we'll see what what comes of it. And I emailed you and I found out you were from Texas and I w- grew up mm-hmm. in Texas and only moved awesome. away when I went to college. And I was like, okay, he's from Texas. He's got to be pretty cool. So oh, of course. I think there were four of us initially who met up at Neaters in Salt Lake. So it was public venue or public area. So I was like, well, I, I don't think I'm going to get kidnapped. And if I do, <laughs> that person probably won't be very successful. And that's just kind of how the group was born. And we started um, rehearsing out of one of the members' apartments. And then we just kind of reached out to people who we knew or I mean I posted mm-hmm. on Facebook and said hey I'm getting this acapella group together if anybody's interested let me know I had a friend Leslie from graduate school who was interested and she was a soprano well is a soprano and her husband sang well at the time when he was with the group he sang bass and he does regularly sing bass mm-hmm. so they joined the group and then we started rehearsing out of their place and then I think they posted on like a community Facebook page for their apartment complex and got some more people to audition and the group has just kind of evolved from there right, right now we have seven members in the group two members who are sopranos one who's a high soprano one who usually sings mezzo but she can also sing soprano as well I'm the alto in the group we have a tenor we have a baritone we have a bass and one member who is dedicated solely to vocal percussion. And that is unique because we hadn't had that until now. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, previously we had various members of the group doing vocal percussion for different songs. We would kind of pass it around. Right. Um, We actually have five members out of the seven who can do vocal percussion. Oh, nice. But we have that reserved for our one member who is phenomenal at it. Well, that's really awesome and uh, yeah, really cool. I'm like, I'm glad to hear the the steps the group has undergone to really evolve. Man, it sounds like you guys are, dare I say, a lot more organized than <laughs> when I was back in the group at that point. Well, I was I was gonna say no offense to you, Brian, but I think it's actually the hey. most talent in the group that we've ever had. You know what? Uh, typically, people might get upset by that, but I'm glad to hear that. Because you know what? That means that there was progression. Right. I don't mean it as a jab at you or any other previous members, but mm-hmm. it's definitely grown and I'm really excited about the place that we're in now. Well, good. That's what I think that's what every kind of founding member or someone who really starts, whether in music or not, you start up something. You hope that it evolves into something beyond what you had originally intended. If it's for the good and for the better, right. betterment of everything. So, you know, I have no complaints at the end of the day. And hey, that just means if I come back, I'm coming back to something better. So that's <laughs> well. Hey, you'd have to audition, and I don't know if you'd Ooh, make the cut. What? <laughs> oh man, that's how we're going to do me. Okay, I'm going to remember this. Um, I'm kidding, Brian. <laughs> you are always welcome back. Well, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so course. real quick before we kind of dive really into inversion, because there are a few questions I have on inversion. I actually want to, if I can, I want to take a step back because when you were informing our listeners about your experience and your background and your history, uh, and you mentioned that you had been out of the acapella scene for a little over a year. So by that, I'm, I have to take it that you were involved in a group previous to that. And I already know the answer to this. But what group were you involved with before Inversion? So the group that I sang with in college was BYU Noteworthy. At the time, it was only noteworthy. It didn't have BYU attached to it. It was We Are Noteworthy from BYU or Brigham Young University. Oh, okay. But the year after I graduated, the group was adopted by the university to be an official sponsored acapella group. Oh, really cool. Yeah. So that was really exciting. It was kind of bittersweet for me only because I knew that if the group didn't get into the school, 
officially, mm-hmm. I could come back for another year. I didn't have to be a student. They required, so if we were to compete in ICCA, I think ICCA um, requires that 75% of the group or more are full-time students at, at the school. Yeah, that sounds about right. We could have, it could have been like we could have had as many as two members who were not full-time students at BYU. But once the school, I, we found out the school was adopting the group, it was really exciting because we knew that they would have access to resources that we couldn't even dream of when I was in the group. So that just hearing that, that's interesting. But I know that in terms of collegiate groups, they're already, you know, just kind of built into the, uh, the school system. I know for my previous collegiate group, you know, we had to get registered as a full-fledged university organization before we could take part. And this is kind of like the reverse of that, you know, where you guys were kind of vying for the school's interest after you had already been established. So I'm curious, what were your experiences like in terms of what you were able to see with the group of being not affiliated, I guess, completely affiliated with the university? You know, what were the challenges, I guess? Were there any challenges to not being, you know, BYU noteworthy versus being regular noteworthy? So there were some challenges. Um, As a student, you didn't get credit for participating in the group or for auditioning and making and performing with the group. So there was no credit like as an elective or anything like that um, that would go towards your graduation. The group didn't, I mean, we didn't have access to as much marketing because it was really just us. We would share stuff on our Facebook page. The group mm-hmm. has a Facebook page, but it wasn't as popular as it is now. Right. As far as like music videos go, we didn't have the amount of funding that comes with being an official like sponsored group of the school. And then... I mean, as a student, you know, people talk about, well, I'm a starving college student. (laughs) I survive off of ramen and the dollar menu at McDonald's. Those are the days. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I will never go back to that, hopefully. What? Yeah. I I I don't blame you, honestly. Okay, sidebar. I actually really love ramen. It Mm -hmm. is one of my guilty pleasures. I'm half Korean. (laughs) Growing up, my mom would always ask, oh, what do you want to eat? And I would just tell her I wanted ramen. And I didn't (laughs) I didn't eat top ramen. Okay, top ramen is is not that that's beneath me. If we're being if we're being honest, there's a difference between ramen and Another wait, there's more than one ramen. There's different brands of ramen and top ramen. Top ramen is the chintziest you can go. So I will never (laughs) recommend it. There's no way to make that good. I actually eat one called, I think it's called Maruchan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. I'm no. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I know I'm not pronouncing it right. Let me start with that. But I put things in it like I cook eggs and put them in there. I put these rice cakes in there. They kind of look like water chestnuts, but they're not water Mm. chestnuts. And then I put Mm -hmm. spices in it and it's it's really yummy. So I love eating that (laughs) and I eat it probably once a week. Hey, Ron. Ramen is, I found out that as long as you add stuff to ramen, it makes it that much better. Right. And right. I'm, I'm really upset that our previous co-host, John, is not on the show because if there ever was an expert in noodles, he would be it. And I feel like he would have so much more to say about uh, okay, okay. this whole ramen conversation. But well, anyway. maybe you'll have to have us both on the show at some point and we can <laughs> debate this a little bit. All right, John, if you're listening, we're bringing you back for an episode on noodles, you know? <laughs> We're taking care of it. Right. Um, so <laughs> we got we got onto this with starving poor college students, right? Right. Okay. Back to college. Yeah. Right. Back <laughs> back to that. Because Noteworthy was not 
an official sponsored musical group of BYU, they received no funding from the school. Mm -hmm. So each semester, so the two main semesters, fall, winter, we were actually each responsible for paying dues out of our own pocket. Okay. I can see that. So that was, I mean, that was a challenge as a college student because you don't have like a regular salary coming in, like for people who have careers. Mm -hmm. You have to pay for tuition. You have to pay for books. You've got rent that you need to pay, groceries, like your your run-of-the-mill expenses. So that on top of that, I mean, it was what, $250? For the first semester, that was that was hard. Wait, two hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah, per person. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm up here. Yeah, and there were nine of us, so that was. I mean, well, well regardless of however many of us there were, it was two hundred fifty dollars for the semester. That's that is a lot because I remember back in, during my time in my group, I'm like we had dues, but we're talking like fifty bucks, you know, fifty seventy five tops for the year. Yeah, it was it was more than that. I think the the dues that we paid the second semester were were less. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was something like 150 that semester oh because gosh. we were competing in ICCA and we needed to get to California to compete because okay. at the time, yeah, there weren't any prelims or semifinals or anything in Utah. There are now, which mm-hmm. is great. But at the time there were not. So we had to, I think we went to California twice. I think once was in San Diego and once was in Northern California. And we actually were fortunate in that a couple members, myself included, volunteered to drive our own cars. Oh, okay. And so I think we took three vehicles. We ended up renting one. But those of us who took our cars, we were reimbursed for gas. So there was this kind of expectation already going into the group that, hey, the group already regularly travels. They already kind of have these plans and goals that if I'm going to be a part of this, you know what, it's going to come at, you know, no pun intended, but like an actual cost. I'm like, it's going to come at a really significant cost to be part of this group. So did you go in already? having all of that in mind when you were thinking about the group? I didn't have all of it in mind. I knew it would. I would probably need to spend some money on it. And that honestly wasn't, I wasn't going to let that stop me because mm-hmm. I was in my last year of school and I told myself, you know, this is an experience that I'm not going to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was worth it to me. I mean, I had student loans that I maybe dipped into to help pay for some stuff sometimes, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have changed a thing. Okay. If I could go back, with the the only exception, okay, the only thing I would change is I would go back and tell myself you need to audition for this sooner. Mm, right. And I was going to ask about that. That actually sets me up, sets you up perfectly for this next question. So I know part of your experience and what's all really a unique experience about the collegiate acapella experience is you joined as a grad student, correct? Right. And so <laughs> I did. And I'm curious about that. You know, what was that like? Because I know for me, I go, I went into, I'm like, hey, I want four years of doing this and I'm going to get acclimated to the whole college experience. I'm going to get everything figured out. And part of that routine was, you know, being part of this music group. Whereas you, you went through undergrad. Now you're at a later part in your educational career and you're just like, hey, I also want to join this group. So there was maybe there was a little bit more pressure. Maybe there's a bit more responsibilities right, you had right. on your plate. What was it? like being a grad versus <laughs> what do you think would have happened if you were an undergrad? I mean this with no disrespect, not to you, mm-hmm. to anyone who might be listening. I mean this with just me trying to be matter of fact, objective. I think if I had been in my undergrad when I was in the group, I would probably have more lasting relationships with the other members who I was in it with. Mm. Um, the biggest challenge for me when I was on Noteworthy was that I was easily the oldest member of the group. Um, I think I was, how old was I? 23? No, no, no. I was 24 turning, no, how old am I? Uh, <laughs> I think I was 20, I was 24 turning 25. 
in the group. Okay. And then the ne- the next member, the next um, oldest in the group was 21, I believe. And then there was one member of the group who was a junior, one who was a sophomore, and the rest were freshmen. Wow. So we had a lot of 18-year-olds and then I'm 24 and yeah. I've already gone through my undergrad and and I've already, I, I mean, I, I did have a lot of great college experiences. Mm. I was in marching band at BYU for three years and that was fun while it lasted. Um, I went and did an internship at Disney World for a semester. So that was really great. And I traveled a lot during the summers, but I didn't really do anything singing or vocally. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what really was the turning point for me? Well, okay, let me go back. Um, my freshman year, I saw the group performing live on campus, just like in like a square outside. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool. Right. And I was like, that's really neat. I, I love this. This is, this is just really fun for me to, to see. And I didn't really think anything else. That was in, I think that was in the fall of 2007. Okay. That was my freshman year. And I thought that's really neat. That would be really fun to get involved in stuff like that. But I was also, I mean, my freshman year, I was very much, I was very dedicated to studies. I was, I was very de- dedicated to academics. <laughs> so you were a, a good college student. <laughs> I was a good college student. I didn't fail a single class oh, in college. Nice. Impressive. I think my lowest grade in all of college was a B. Oh, okay. Hardcore college students when I'm here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of had that ingrained in me growing up. My mom's Korean and she was very strict uh, with grades. And, mm-hmm. and I think I sacrificed my social life for academics, which... If I could go back and talk to my 18-year-old self, I would say, it's okay. You will still graduate. You'll still get a good job. Right. Just do more music. Do more of what, do more of stuff that makes you happy. Right. Um, and so what my, th- I think it was my first year in graduate school, I was with my, I was with a friend, a BYU basketball game. And the national anthem for that game was performed by Noteworthy. And I saw a girl in the group who I actually knew who lived in my apartment complex at maybe a, a year or so before. And I thought oh my gosh, it's Jen. I know her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? Nothing against her at all. But I saw it, it made it more, I guess, more tangible for me. Yeah. Because there was somebody in it who I knew. Right. So it, it was... You had a point of like a, a reference, a reference point right. to what it could be. It yeah. told me, these are real people. If they can do it, I can do it. Right. And so I decided I was going to look up when auditions were. And I saw that they were usually in August of at the beginning of the school year, which they don't do now. Now they do auditions months before the school year even starts. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they do auditions in April or March, March or April now, the previous year. So if it's for, let's say the 2020, 2021 school year, mm-hmm. they would do auditions in March or April. I mean, coronavirus <laughs> aside. Right. So I find this really fascinating how you arrived at your acapella experience right now. It's great that you're able to think back to what you could have done differently, but at the same time, it, it's kind of shaped everything about why you're in it now. And I think that right. kind of makes it very rewarding. And like I said, this is these experiences, these varied experiences are what kind of shapes our community. And I really want to touch more on that. But we are going to take a short break uh, and we're going to come back and talk more with Alicia. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, be right back on Tacapella. All around the world, there are amazing acapella concerts going on all the time. You can't be to all of them, but that's what we're here for. So catch Friday Night Live Live every Friday at 9 p.m. East, 6 p.m. West, where we bring you live concerts from all around the world. You can be there in spirit, even if you couldn't make it in person. And you can catch them again on rebroadcast Sunday at 11.15 a.m. East, 8.15 a.m. West, and 12 hours later, be there. 
And welcome back to Tacapella. Ooh, I like that. What a, a great, warm intro oh, into, our, <laughs> into our second segment. Uh, for those just joining us, we've been speaking with Alicia Edwards out of Salt Lake City. Alicia sings currently with Inversion, but we have been talking and speaking a lot on her experience with BYU Noteworthy. It's really exciting because many of us actually join groups when we're in our undergrads. So Alicia's unique experience as a grad student in acapella has made this very eye-opening enlightening. And so with that, I actually kind of want to talk a little bit more about that experience. And I know now you're singing with Inversion, but if you look at kind right. of your your time with Noteworthy and then kind of compare it to the time you're currently involved with Inversion, you know, what are the fundamental differences that you see between being in a group like an all-female group with noteworthy compared to you know like a mixed-gendered group or you know just the the differences just from the groups as you know as they are (laughs) i mean this with no disrespect but i would say that the group i'm in now is far less dramatic (laughs) right it happens you know and and that's i mean and and there's there's a couple different factors with that it's we're not all females when Mm -hmm. you put nine females together Mm-hmm. All the time, there's bound to be drama. But the group members that I'm with now, I'm, I'm actually still the oldest member of my current acapella group. <laughs> and you have that kind of theme going on with whatever group you join. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm only the oldest, though, right now in the group by about a month or two. Oh, okay, then it's totally okay. As opposed to a few years <laughs> and then some. But the members in the group, in Inversion, the group I'm currently in, we're all in very different stages of life mm-hmm. than the members that I was on Noteworthy with were in at the time. So you've, you've got like 18, 19 year olds, basically between the, the ages of 18 and 25 mm-hmm. and nine females in that age range, heavily skewed towards the younger range of that. Right. Versus a mixed acapella group of, I think our youngest right now is 26, 26 to 31. Oh, di- very different place. Yeah. And so very, very different. I mean, there's no overlap in that age range. And all of the members in the group that I'm currently in are all post-collegiate. We've all graduated. Um, we have careers or families. And so the maturity level is not, it's not, it's not necessarily that we are more mature. It's mm-hmm. just different. Right. And so with that, because like I said, maturity is a very big part. And I, I, I definitely felt like while that's very obvious in terms of, you know, being in a collegiate group versus semi-pro or, you know, post-collegiate group, as we, we like to call it, you know, maturity is obviously can be affected in both situations. With that, I guess, in addition to that, were there any differences? And I think this might tie into mature a little bit in terms of like power dynamics within the group at all. Was there anything that would be different in, you know, a collegiate group versus what you would see? I think in, I would say power-wise, the power is much more balanced in inversion than it was on Noteworthy. Okay. Um, and, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think that you have to prioritize who's going to be in charge of what. I, I think you have to be more cognizant of that mm-hmm. in a collegiate acapella group because you're working with members who are younger, who have all sorts of competing priorities in their life. Like, how am I doing in school? Oh, I need to make sure I have enough money to right. to eat. Um, I Oh, that, that boy's really cute. <laughs> what? It's just all sorts of competing priorities there. Yeah. Um, and like I said, nine women 
in in a room together, that's, it's really easy to get off track. And so I think, I I mean, when I was on Noteworthy and still today, they have a dedicated director. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there were nine of us plus our director Mm -hmm. and she would largely guide where rehearsal would take us. And so really she had a lot of the power, but she did, she did allow for autonomy within the group. Mm -hmm. So like as far as um, who was going to get the solo, we would all vote on it. Okay. So she wouldn't just pick. And it was everyone would vote, even if they had auditioned on the solo. We would vote on what our repertoire would be for that that calendar year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's that's similar to, to what Inversion does now. It's kind of a democracy. We didn't really, when I was on Noteworthy, I think we had maybe one or two songs that members had arranged, or we would pay somebody to arrange something for us. Okay. Whereas on Inversion, we either find arrangements already that are made or we arrange them in-house. I've arranged two songs to date for the group. The first one I arranged was probably about in November of 2018. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had ever arranged. So that was a unique challenge for me, but it was it was really enjoyable. And I arranged my second song for the group not too long ago. And we've got, let's see, I think we have four members Four or five of the seven right now can arrange music oh, wow. for acapella. So that's something that's really nice. Yeah, that's a big help. Um, So we've got the majority, yeah, who can arrange in-house. And one of our guys in the group, I swear, he is a machine. He can crank out one arrangement a week if he had to. Wow. That's- <laughs> I, and they're good arrangements, That's impressive. Too. Yeah, I'm like that really takes off uh, a lot of the burden, Um, especially at this point. I'm like, you're balancing jobs, other commitments, you know, just living your day to day life. And you got somebody who's actually, you know, committed and passionate enough that wants to and knowledgeable enough to actually take upon. Well, and he's he actually came to us with eight years of acapella experience. Oh, well, that helps, too. So (laughs) he had more acapella. Well, I was going to say he had more acapella experience than the rest of us combined, but if I'm really thinking about it, I've got four years with Inversion, one year with Noteworthy, and then we have a couple members who have also had a few years of experience, um, to name a few. So he he definitely has the most experience in acapella out of anyone in the group. Wow. And that, that really helps yeah. uh, at the end of the day, especially when you're starting groups or looking to get involved. I mean, just having someone that kind of knows the way of the land and kind of really brings that element to I'm like even to an established group because I'm like how long right. had this member how long has he been a member of the group let's see probably a couple months oh wow because we did auditions in January and I like when we got his email initially I saw it and I was just so excited to talk to him because yeah. he had um, eight years of acapella experience he had por- performed collegiate acapella in New York and he went to Australia on study abroad started an acapella group there and then they won awards at some shows I was just really anxious to to meet this guy mm-hmm. and hear what he had to contribute and he did not disappoint. Yeah, and and that's that just made me think about, you know, even with a, an established group like Inversion because you know, Inversion got its start from thinking back correctly 2015 and so yep. and he just joined a few months ago and you're having someone come into an established group but still add so much to right. it with their own personal experience. I'm like that really kind of keeps that that ball rolling keeps the progression right. level you know forward at the end of the day and i think that that's that's critical no it, it totally is um i was actually really worried about where the group was going to go mm-hmm. probably 
probably in November or December. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, around Christmas time, I was really concerned. I felt like we had kind of taken a step back in caliber, Mm -hmm. to say the least. Um, And that, that was a little bit scary. And one of the things that a few of us noticed was we're spending way too much time in rehearsal plucking out people's parts. Yeah. That's we need a- and and we talked we talked about it as a group and we and we all we came to a consensus it was this group is ready to go semi pro you need to come to rehearsal ready to do just that rehearse mm-hmm. and so it helped us it helped us raise the bar and and keep it raised so that that I think was very important I'm thinking about the whole like going back to the distribution of power within the group one of the things that I think the group was really struggling with that contributed to my concerns was that we we were really indifferent. Mm. Nobody was really good at making concrete decisions to propel us forward. So it was, oh, well, where do we want the group to go? Oh, I'm cool with whatever. Oh, wow. So it was almost like the group was stagnant, like getting right. There, yeah. So like democracy is great, but it can be very dangerous. So you yeah. need to you need to make sure that you have some at least one person mm-hmm. who's willing to make the tough calls. Right. Right. So we decided we were going to propel the group forward and go more semi-pro. Mm-hmm. And we, we had a couple of members who were not so comfortable with that, but um, they did come around and they committed to that. And so that was something that was really nice. And so far, we've really minimized plucking out parts in <laughs> rehearsal so far in 2020. So that's been exciting for us. That's great. I've always been a fan of you know, making sure rehearsal is spent on really developing the group and not just the individual at the end right. of the day. So I think that's super important. And and I'm listening to uh, what you all have been facing in your, your recent past here and how you brought up this whole idea of e- uh, democracy. You know, it's great and stuff. But at the end of the day, you do need a central figure who's willing to help steer the group. And I, and I definitely remember what you were talking about, having that person with noteworthy and how, you know, it was interesting having that person, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, groups need that. They need somebody who's going to be able to get. You mean, you mean the director? The director, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They needed the, uh, like kind of a director. I was like that person. Are you referring? <laughs> I, I can... Which one? <laughs> sorry. I meant the director. I should have clarified that better. So I, th- I think it's super vital and super important. Yeah. And she's, and she's great. Tatiana, if you are listening, I love you. <laughs> and so, and so while we're on the, <laughs> the subject and we're talking a little bit about maybe concerns we've, we've had about groups and things in our past with, with groups we've been a part of. Uh, one of the big things we're all facing right now is just this whole pandemic of coronavirus Ooh. that's just affecting everything. And it seems like I get online and I do so much with acapella stuff from a, a digital space that I'm seeing so many groups of affected by it and they're communicating hey we're canceling this you know schools have kind of you know nixed any kind of concerts and things like that and I'm wondering what does what kind of effect is it having on inversion I know we keep hearing social distance you know people Mm -hmm. shouldn't be gathered together are you guys still rehearsing regularly do you did you have to cancel gigs what what's life been like with you all for the past week or so I figured we would be fine for a while. I think Utah has, I think, 78 cases now, at least as of the end of my workday mm-hmm. today of the coronavirus, which is unfortunate. Right, definitely. But we did ultimately decide to cancel practice last week because we had, we had one member who, unrelated to coronavirus, needed to cancel, or he, he could not make it, excuse me, because he was under strict doctor's orders. He had a minor surgery that was routine and scheduled, mm-hmm. but his doctor said he needed to be isolated 
for that day. So he couldn't he couldn't come to rehearsal that day. But um, that was when the coronavirus was I mean, it was it was hitting home. It had just made it to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And one of our members just said, well, to play it safe. I'd like to cancel practice because we had where we rehearse. Two of the members in the group, it's a married couple. We rehearsed at their home and they had one of their parents there due to an emergency. And that parent, she was in the vulnerable population. And so we wanted to make sure that we were protecting our families as much as possible. And then our first gig did get canceled. It was supposed to be this Saturday. And we were going to, it was actually a collegiate acapella event and we were going to open for a group. Oh no. Yeah. But I, and it's okay. It wouldn't have been, regardless of how much exposure it would get us or or not, mm-hmm. it's, it is better to be safe. And I mean, we support... Completely, yeah. We support the officials in our community who are really keeping the community at large as their priority and minimizing the spread of this. Yeah, and that's super vital right now. At the end of the day, I'm like, you don't want this to, to spread. And so right. I, it sounds... It's hard to hear, you know, because I I really do feel for these groups because I used to be one of you all. And, you know, it just it whenever I hear somebody had to cancel uh, something that they were preparing for, it's just tough. Right. And we actually had um, one of our members. I was so kind of like let down when I read this. We had a member who said, do we want to consider like not doing anything at this point? Because there will Mm -hmm. probably be more gigs that are canceled. And what are we doing if we're just rehearsing? And learning this music that's not going to go anywhere. And so Mm -hmm. I actually, I thought, okay, well, it's 2020. We live in a largely digital age. So I made the suggestion, why don't we shift our focus to more recording music and putting out videos? Yeah, that's a so great that's, idea. That's actually, so we have actually canceled practice this week because we're playing okay. it safe. And we had another member who had a conflict with just this week. And so it made sense for us to just cancel because we're not going to be able to have everyone there. But we actually, today, I actually posted a poll in our private group page saying, okay, guys, let's get the ball rolling on this music video production. Here's a list of the songs that we currently have music for that we have been learning. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you want to record? And I think there were eight or nine numbers that we've been working on so far this year. And I mean, I voted for three. And so oh, well, I, I haven't actually looked at the poll yet to see if anybody else has <laughs> cast their votes. And Brian, as a founding member, you are on that group, <laughs> but you are not allowed to vote. I, I figured I wouldn't be allowed. I'm like, I have certain benefits of seeing stuff. Yeah, but I'm sure I didn't yeah have you do. <laughs> Don't take advantage of that. It's it's all right. I, I won't. I, I find this really cool that you guys are taking the opportunity to still find a way to advance. Um, I, I think it'd be so easy just to be like, hey, you know what, which is rightfully so you could be like, hey, I think it's important that we consider all the health and and take our time to distance ourselves. But at the end of the day, you're still you still built upon something. And every musician knows, you know, if you if you don't continue practicing, you know, you risk, right. you know, really losing everything you've been working for. It's in terms of, you know, the skills and building upon group cohesion and things like that. And so I, I think it's really uh, incredible that you guys are still working on stuff. So, yeah, we're trying to look at it as an opportunity for the group. Because we have historically done more live shows and and we haven't really put out a fully blown produced music video. And that's something that we actually talked about in November, December, um, something we wanted to do. And 
it really, the whole quarantine, social distancing really creates a great opportunity for us because even though we can't perform in front of a live audience of however many people, it helps us focus on honing a different skill that will help yeah. that will help the group develop further. I was going to say you're you're exploring these other avenues that maybe it's something that you you all are wanting to strengthen. Right. And and that's you know that's perfect. It is something that I particularly am really excited about because it's something mm-hmm. I've wanted to do with the group for a while. Yeah. And I think that's I'm, I'm like right now, as you, you mentioned, you know, we're in such a digital age with acapella groups. It's almost like you need videos to a right. degree. We're really excited about expanding our online presence because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to reach more people, you're going to you need to do it digitally to make it work. Exactly. Yeah. That that sums it up right there. That's wonderfully said. And I think that that's something every group should be figuring out a way how to how do you continue to market yourself how do you do something different that also still makes your group better at the same time perfect uh we're going to take one more short break and we're going to come right back on Tacapella. Each year as we travel the world here at Acaville to bring you coverage of festivals and events, we have a chance to sit down with some amazing groups and artists. Starting on our new show, The Pulse, you'll get to sit down with them too, alongside host Rachel as she brings you some of the best of our interviews from the different festivals and workshops that she's attended. Check out The Pulse every Tuesday at 9 p.m. East, 6 p.m. West, and then again on rebroadcast Sunday at 1 p.m. East, 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. West. And thanks for joining us back on Talkapella. Man, I completely almost botched this intro back into the show, man. Thanks. This is why we have guests. So they keep me honest <laughs> and uh, keep me, you know, just making sure I don't completely ruin the show. So I want to thank our guest, Alicia Edwards, for coming on and speaking with us today. Um, man, I've been enjoying the conversations we had on what it's like to be a graduate member in acapella group. I think it's super vital and super important that we discuss these things because we don't really get a chance to. And I know that there are some people out there who might be considering acapella groups, but think that, hey, I'm just a little bit further along in my life. And maybe it's something that I don't know if I want to pursue. But um, Alicia has given us a lot of great insight about what it has meant to her as well as how to deal with being an acapella group amidst, you know, uh, a pandemic as we are currently facing. So we are going to transition to the last part of our show, which is per tradition, the part of the show where our guest offers some advice to the community. Typically, this can be anything related to music. It can be something that, you know, we just feel that you all should should know, should want to look more into. And so we're going to pose that same question to Alicia. Alicia, if you could offer our listeners out there one piece of advice, what would it be? Does it have to be just one? No, it can be more than one. Okay. So a couple things. Um, I think it is so, so crucial that you get to know your fellow acapella members in whatever group you're in. People will be able to tell if you don't like each other, or if you're not friends. I personally have not had an experience where I have disliked anyone in an acapella group I've been in or not considered them to be friends, but I think it's really easy to notice when people don't work well together. And being friends with the members in your group is going to make it that much easier to perform well together. And this is me this is me geeking out, okay? <laughs> it's it's okay to have conflict. Mm. Um, because if you don't have any conflict, the chances that you're going to grow as a group are very slim. 
Um, there's a really dangerous, oh, what is it called? There's a dangerous, I guess a, it's not a theory, but there's, there's like a thing a called precedent. Uh, it, not really. It's kind of like a mindset. It's oh, okay. there's a really dangerous mindset called groupthink, and this is me geeking mm. out. And if you kind of just go with the flow all the time, there's never anyone disagreeing with anything. Your your group will kind of flatline, and that's definitely not what you want in acapella. Yeah, wonderfully said. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work, and goes through the right. struggle. Yes, it does. Man, thank you, man. Such insightful, uh, wonderful. Aka knowledge. Thanks for dropping that on us, Alicia. <laughs> so if we wanted to, <laughs> you know, I, I love okay. just throwing these random words out there yeah, and, you know, having people you. react to it. <laughs> if, he, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about the projects you're involved with, where could we find you at? Okay. You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Merwination. That's M-E-R-W-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. That is a play on words with my maiden name. So that's why it doesn't sound anything like my name as is. Um, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter account is Alicia Edwards 19. Um, Alicia is spelled E-L-I-C-I-A. Very different. And Edwards is spelled just how you would think it would be. So Alicia Edwards 19. Um, you can find my acapella group Inversion on Facebook. We are just Inversion Acapella. Um, we're also on Instagram as Inversion underscore SLC. That stands for Salt Lake City. You can also email us if you're interested in contacting us for whatever reason. Our email address is InversionSLC at gmail.com. And I would be be really sad if I, I didn't do this, so I just have to. You can find my collegiate acapella group, <laughs> BYU Noteworthy. Um, they are on Facebook and Instagram, and I believe they're just under BYU Noteworthy on both. Awesome. There it is. Please go follow uh, Inversion. Go follow Alicia on Instagram. She posts some really great content. Uh, you know, I follow her. So please go do that. Get in touch with everything going on with Inversion. Let's, and yeah. let's be real. It's usually cats. <laughs> it is definitely cats. <laughs> But it's entertaining, to say the exactly. least. Exactly. That's what it is. It is very uh, entertaining. Um, and yeah, and with that, um, you can go online and follow our show here at Talkapella on Twitter at Talkapella. Um, very simple. Uh, two P's, two L's. And then in addition to that, our show would not be possible without the wonderful people at Acaville Radio. I'm like, through it, we are given a platform to engage in these deep and insightful conversations with such wonderful guests. Um, please be sure to go give them a follow on all major social platforms as well as visit their website at acaville.org to hear around the clock acapella music well that's going to do it for us today we want to thank alicia so much for coming on our show today and speaking with us alicia it's been a pleasure talking acapella and music and thank life you, in Brian. general yeah so um yeah be sure to uh be on the lookout for another episode of talk acapella next week and other than that you know keep listening to all things acapella and for everything else stay tuned